1: Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice, with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to cynthiahyatt.com. That's C I N T H I A H I E T -T T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
2: Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. And I am Cynthia Hyatt, your host. So, very glad that you're joining me today. And if you're not familiar with this show, if you're just tuning in, I want to make sure that you know that there are podcasts available. If you can cannot listen to the show in its entirety, you can certainly find it at my website, which is cynthiahyatt.com, or iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. All have all of the shows that you can listen to. And so, I really encourage you to check out that and to certainly find me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So lots of encouraging things for you. Today, I'm doing a show that is very near and dear to my heart and this is about burnout. I'm sure that you've heard that term burnout and maybe that really resonates with your soul. Most Americans uh, have different times in their lives where they may struggle with some burnout. And burnout really is actually a very serious condition because it is very difficult to come back from. And unfortunately, if you do have a true burnout, you don't ever come back completely. And so there are ways to compensate for that and there are ways to manage that. But I really caution my clients about burnout because it is quite a serious condition. And so I'm going to explain what burnout really is and some of the telltale signs of burnout. But I want to start with this beautiful verse, and this is the New Living Translation. It is Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And it says, Then Jesus said to me, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That, that's a huge statement. He says, Come to me. He's telling me, he's telling you, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And many times we read this verse as a specific burden, like my finances are out of control or my spouse cheated on me or I cheated on my spouse or I have depression or anxiety Uh, my burden may be that I have a child that is struggling tremendously. I have a physical illness, but the other thing you want to think about this verse is God is saying to me, come to me who are weary, who are weary. If you've ever felt what we call soul weariness or my soul is weary of life. And it isn't necessarily what we would constitute, what would constitute a clinical depression because that is a medical condition it's a state of my spirit, my soul, my brain, my mind is weary, weary. And so it really, he's saying all you who are burned out and you end up having every burden you have in your life become so heavy. He says, come to me, I will give you rest. So I want you to really meditate on that. Take that in deep within your soul. And recognize that that is the heart of Jesus. And again, regardless of how we got there, he's not angry with us. He says, just, hey, come to me. I'll give you the rest that you need. I know the type of rest you need. What is unique to your soul, what actually brings rest to you. So let's talk about some of these telltale signs of burnout. And I like this. This is by... um, Um, a psychologist, she's a PsyD, which is a doctorate of psychology, and her name is Sherry Borg-Carter. And this is actually from uh, an article about high-octane women, but this applies to all of us. And so what I want you to think about is burnout is one of the, what we would call typical road hazards in life, and especially regarding high achievers. And high achievers, many times, are just Christians, trying to be perfect Christians. And what happens is we, we, we feel like we can do everything. And one of the, the cultural issues that we have in America now is at the heart of America, one of the reasons America became so great is that the mindset of the early, early Americans was that we could do anything we set our mind to. We're going to take this on and we're going to do it. And we see the dream. We see the vision. And we can make it happen. Well, what that has kind of turned into is this kind of absurd notion that I can do anything I set my mind to. Instead of recognizing that many of these early Americans, they, they were saying, we've got this vision from God, we can achieve it. It wasn't just simply, we can do anything we set our mind to. So anything is possible for us, because truly, that's not that's not true. But I've said before on this show, if I set my mind to being the center for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, it's absurd. I can't do anything I set my mind to. What I can do is anything God has set his mind for me to do, that I can do. And it's knowing what that is. What is the mindset of God for me? How has he made me, and am I living up to my highest potential? Not what Cynthia thinks is the highest potential, or what the world says is my highest potential. It's what God says is my highest potential. And so when we're high achiever, like most Americans, and we're passionate about what we do, we tend to ignore the fact that we're working These exceptionally long hours, taking on exceedingly heavy workloads, putting enormous pressure on ourselves. And this is not just for what I say is professional people that go out into the work world. This is for moms. This is for grandmothers. This is for dads. This is for brothers. This is for sisters. This is for college students. This is for teenagers. We have teenagers that are already burning out. We have junior high school kids that are burning out. Because what they're expected to do scholastically and the amount of extracurricular activities that they are expected to do, we are so over-scheduling ourselves, we have no room for margin. We are running this race to make sure we don't miss out on anything. And we are pushing ourselves to limits that exceed our physical abilities. And so I tell clients frequently, as I tell myself, just because my mind can conceive of it, doesn't mean that my body and my brain can do it. You see, I'm locked in time. And I need to respect that I'm a mortal person. I have a spirit that is eternal, but I am a mortal person as well. And so my body has limits. My brain has limits as to the capacity it can operate at. And when we are constantly exceeding capacity, we're going to burn out. And so what is burnout? What does it look like? Well, it's a chronic state of stress. It's this constant upset that I can't really relax, even though I need to relax. And I'm constantly saying, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. It's this physical and emotional exhaustion. It's intellectual exhaustion. And one of the things that happens many times with students, their brain just doesn't want to do anything intellectual any longer. They sit down to do a paper. And they just can't make their brain do it. They just want to zone out. They want to go look at their their phone, look at all their screens. They want to go watch television, or they want to party. And this happens with adults as well. We sit down to try to do our checkbook, and it feels insurmountable. Just trying to do an intellectual endeavor feels difficult. Just reading our Bible feels like a burden, feels like a task, and then we feel guilty because we can't do it. So it's also what happens to us, our personality or our, our, our emotional realm. We become cynical or detached or negative or curt or judgmental because we're stressed. And so nothing makes us happy. Everybody gets on our nerves. Everyone is wrong. Everyone is better than we are. And so we get completely upside down we also get these feelings of ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment. And so we get this, this, this pervasive, what we call perfectionism. And the, at the heart of perfectionism, and we've done some shows that, that, that talk about perfectionism, is this idea that if I can accomplish it, then it must not be that big of a deal. So it feels like a big deal when I am working toward accomplishing that goal or that, that, that idea or that, that endeavor. But once, and, and I think that once I achieve it, I'm going to feel so good about myself. But perfectionism and burnout says, once I achieve it, it didn't do anything for me. It just said, I need to go on to the next achievement. I must not be good enough. I have to do more. So when we're in the throes of a full-fledged burnout, you're no longer able to function effectively. And on a personal or professional level, you cannot function Now, burnout does not happen suddenly. You don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I have burnout. Its nature is more insidious, it's pervasive, it creeps up on us over time. It's like a slow leak. And it makes it harder to recognize until we are incapacitated. Now, our bodies and our minds do give us warnings. And if you know what to look like, look for, you're going to recognize it. And so we're going to talk about these signs of burnout very specific signs of, of, of a physical and emotional exhaustion that tell you you are coming close to what we would say is a clinical burnout. So make sure you join me in the next segment. We're coming up to the end of this segment and we are going to talk about these signs and symptoms of physical and emotional exhaustion. So I want to leave you with that verse again that says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. How precious is that? How sweet is that? That Jesus knew ahead of time we were going to struggle with this. And when you look at the life of Jesus, you see how well he managed not becoming burned out. We have example after example in the New Testament when he just walked away from crowds. And he went and he stared into the horizon and he sat on a mountaintop. He just walked around. He went out into, uh, in a boat on the, on the lake and he just took time. He woke up early in the morning and he prayed with his father. That's the way that he was refreshed. So you want to look at the fact that Jesus was very willing to accept the fact that he had a mortal body, even though he was God and God in the flesh. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about the signs and symptoms of burnout an impending burnout. Make sure you look at my Facebook page and make sure you check out the podcast. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And we are talking about burnout. So I want to make sure if you're just joining that you can listen to the show in its entirety. It's a very important show especially for Americans. We have we have so much burnout and fatigue in our country right now. And so I want you to make sure that you check out the uh, podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud and Oh, those three and then make sure you also check out the website because on the website we always have the most current shows and that's Cynthia dot com and that's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T so we ended this last segment on signs and symptoms of possible burnout now if you're not experiencing any of these in any great degree I'm glad but I want you to be aware of the chronic nature of this and the insidious, pervasive um, way that burnout works its way into your life. So we want to really be aware of when we are feeling some of these uh, to any degree. So one of the first ones is a chronic fatigue. So in the early stages, you may feel like this lack of energy and just tired most days, you know, just a constant, like, just a little bit of tiredness. You, you you know, you can get yourself going. You, You get some momentum going and You're like, okay, I'm okay. But in the later stages, you end up feeling so physically and emotionally exhausted, drained, depleted, and you feel a sense of dread as to what lies ahead on any given day. So any project that used to be, you know, manageable, simple, you just kind of, oh, well, I don't really want to do it, but you took it on. All of a sudden, you get this heaviness, heavy laden, where you just go, I can't do this. And then the anxiety comes. Because you feel like you can't do the very thing you need to do, which then creates more fatigue. Insomnia. This is a huge um, part of, of any type of onset of burnout. And you may have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep one or two nights a week. But in the latter stages, insomnia may turn into a persistent nightly ordeal. As you're so exhausted, you can't sleep. Because one of the things that happens with burnout is we can't turn our mind off because we keep thinking of all the things we should do and we haven't done them. And we get more anxious because the list piles up and we start letting people down and we call in sick to work and we start avoiding different responsibilities. And we start avoiding, you know, invitations to go out and to enjoy ourselves. And so the insomnia makes us even more tired, more burned out, and then we get more anxious and we can't manage the tasks that we have at hand. A lot of times people then go to the doctor and they say, hey, I can't sleep. And and maybe the doctor doesn't ask the questions like, what does your lifestyle look like as to why you're not sleeping? He ends up giving you sleep meds, which in many ways are very helpful in the beginning. But I want you to understand that if you use a sleep medication chronically, they are very hard to get off of. Your brain, unfortunately, loses the ability to fall asleep on itself. And so it's really important that you recognize if you are having some insomnia, and it is pervasive. It starts to be two to three days a week, four to five days a week, every single night. You can't go to sleep, can't stay asleep. You're waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. That you really look at your lifestyle first before you immediately go to a doctor and say, I have insomnia, I can't sleep. Because many times, people that really struggle with burnout and are high achievers and perfectionists just say, I'm just going to take a sleep med. That'll give me the sleep I need. But they never change their lifestyle. So third one is forgetfulness. This is impaired concentration and attention. You you lose your focus easily. Uh, That's the mild forgetfulness of early signs. But later, what happens is, You start missing appointments, you start not paying bills, and it's because of the inattentiveness your brain can't keep up with the amount of information it needs to do because it's so tired. So physical symptoms, these include chest pain, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, all the gastrointestinal issues, dizziness, even fainting. Lots of headaches come with this onset of burnout, and many times... What I would like you to remind yourself is all of the chest pains, the heart palpitations, shortness of breath, gastrointestinal pain, dizziness, those are the symptoms of anxiety. So many times we'll go to a therapist or a doctor and we'll say, I'm having this, all this anxiety. And again, he'll give you anxiety medication and it fixes the problem temporarily, but it will lead you into a deeper burnout because you're not addressing the lifestyle issue that is telling you. You're, you are pressing beyond the limit of capacity. And so your body is getting anxious saying, please stop. Please slow down. It's going on alert and it's telling you that you are pushing past capacity. It's not necessarily an anxiety disorder. So you want to really get a professional to help you weed out whether it's an anxiety disorder for, for truly an anxiety disorder or whether it is lifestyle that's giving you anxiety Now, that does not mean that temporarily using anxiety medications to help calm down so that you calm the central nervous system down and the sympathetic nervous system so that you can get some of that rest, but I really want to caution you against using sleep meds and anxiety medications to keep up the lifestyle. So another one is loss of appetite. And in the early stages, you may not feel hungry and you may skip a few meals, and one of the reasons... Now, this is, this is a subconscious issue, but many times when we skip a meal, what happens is the body goes into overdrive and gives us adrenaline, and all of a sudden, we have this boost of energy. The reason that this is so deadly is that adrenal fatigue can occur, which is part of burnout. And so when you are constantly relying on the adrenal glands to give you that adrenaline so that you press through beyond capacity... So this becomes very serious. So we talked about anxiety and we talked about, now we're going to talk about this issue of depression. In the early stages, you might feel mildly sad, occasionally hopeless, talked about the weariness. You might experience guilt and worthlessness. And this is part of the soul feeling like it can't live up to your expectations. Your brain can't live up to your expectations. And so you get really trapped, and that brings a heaviness which feels very depressing. Now, you want to seek professional help immediately when you get to this place, because we want to again be able to diagnose whether you have a depression, a depressive disorder, or whether you're depressed because you're so exhausted and you're not listening to the signs of your body and your brain. One of the the other ones is anger. Now... This may be an interpersonal tension in the beginning or an irritability. In the latter stages, you're going to have anger outbursts. You're going to have serious arguments at home in the workplace. You're going to be so frustrated. You're going to be one of those really angry drivers. You're going to do things that are outside of what you thought your temperament was. Throwing things, swearing, these types of different things are really indicative of my life is on overload. And I am losing my mind. I'm losing control of myself. You also get, you know, we talked about that cynicism and detachment, loss of enjoyment, pessimism. All these things occur because of the overload of the life we are attempting to lead that is beyond capacity. And so this ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment and these feelings of apathy and hopelessness These are all indicative of a lifestyle that is trying to exceed capacity. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this issue of burnout. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. We are at the half point of our show today. And so if you're just tuning in, please make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. You can find the latest shows on the website. If you want to listen to the previous podcasts, we have hundreds of them. And they are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can find them there. So we're talking about this issue of burnout. And in the last segment, we gave all kinds of symptoms and warning signs of what burnout is and actually what it is. So if any of those problems you're not experiencing, that's great. But I want you to keep in mind the warning signs because our our culture really encourages this living outside capacity and this idea that you can be anything you want to be. You can achieve anything you put your mind to. And, and I want you to understand that in many ways, this is another area that the enemy attacks us in because it really incites our pride. It incites. Um, our, our our sense of wanting more and our sense of perfectionism and achievement and it's the issue of being like God. I can do anything. I can make anything happen. And so it's a insidious issue that if Satan can't get you in any other area, he will get you in this area. And he will get you to exceed the capacity of God's design and his creation of you. And that's an affront to God. That's misusing who he made you to be. And it's very insidious. The enemy comes in and, and we could be burning out on doing good things. It doesn't mean that we're doing bad things. It means that we may be in ministry and we may be really doing great things for the kingdom, but we are not managing capacity. And I mentioned in the, the, the first part of the show, the life of Jesus. We want to emulate the life of Jesus. He was very, very good about recognizing he was in a mortal body that had capacity. He needed to eat. He needed sleep. He needed time alone. He needed to know when he was tired and he was willing to stop. He usually just spent time one person at a time. There were many people he walked away from because he couldn't do everyone in his mortal body. And he was very willing to accept that. And so one of the greatest lessons we can learn from Jesus is accepting our mortality and accepting that our human bodies are locked in time and we can only do a certain amount of things. And if we exceed the capacity, we will harm the design. It's like many times you may have heard me say this saying I made up this idea of don't four-wheel drive a Ferrari. See, Ferrari drivers love their cars. And they take care of their car. And they know the capacity of the car and what the car is designed to do. And they don't ask the car to do something it's not designed to do. And they take care of it. They make sure that they're maintaining it. And so we really want to take our lessons from Jesus and maybe the Ferrari drivers. So if you are experiencing some of these symptoms, this should be a wake-up call that you may be on a very dangerous path because, like I mentioned in the first segment, once you burn out, you don't come back completely. And I will tell you, I had a burnout in my life and it was very debilitating. And I wasn't sure I was going to come back. I was doing weight, I was doing a doctorate, I was doing radio shows, I, had, I, I knew God asked me to, to make my caseload smaller and to work part-time and I didn't. And I was doing all these good things. And what happened was I did come back, but my brain, my body tells me very clearly when I need to stop and I respect it. And so burnout, it doesn't go away in a couple of weeks. It took me a while to come back. I took three months off of work in order to come back. And you need to make those, those essential changes in your life. Because one of the things that is also indicative of burnout is substances, substance abuses, So alcohol, more cigarettes, more food, over-exercising, all these compulsive behaviors. And what they're doing, I don't want you to judge yourself, what they're doing is trying to manage the pain of exceeding capacity. And so when you find yourself overindulging in what you know are negative behaviors that give you temporary comfort, instead of being angry with yourself, you want to say, wow, that's a warning sign. I'm in the red zone, is what I am. I'm in the red zone. I'm running the fuel tank to empty and hoping I can make it to the gas station. I'm not taking time to put air in my tires. I'm living in the red zone, and I will burn out. So, we want to make sure that we're looking and listening to the warning signs. And remembering this beautiful verse. Matthew 11:28 through 30 says, Jesus said to me to you. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Join me again in the next segment. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So glad that you joined me. And please make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. And if you're a first-time listener, I want to let you know I'm, I'm a licensed therapist and I have a full-time private practice, and I work with all kinds of people, couples, individuals. I do corporate and executive coaching, and I do consulting. And so this show is designed to help with healthy living and being all God has called us to be and really living to our full potential. So this is why I chose to do this show on burnout, because most of us that get into any kind of burnout or get close to a burnout— Are really just trying to be our top potential. We're trying to be all God has called us to be. So, in the beginning of the show, I really want you to have a different mindset. I want you to get away from the American mindset that says, I can be all I I am, I can be all I can be, I can be all I want to be, I can achieve whatever I can imagine, and I can be anything I want to be. I can do anything I put my mind to. And that's a fallacy. That's a lie from the enemy. It's simply not true. And we see this in the life of Christ, that he was God in the flesh, but he did not exceed the capacity of being a mortal man as well. He was very willing to embrace his mortal being, his human condition. So he took time away. He ate what he needed to eat. He slept. He drank water. He he said no to people. Many times he walked away from people. He did not heal everyone. He knew he couldn't do everything. And he was God in a mortal body. So when we talk about this issue of burnout, and we want to say, is this a medical condition? Well, absolutely it is. Is it? A psychiatric condition or a psychological condition? Well, it can become that. Because what we find with burnout is that what comes with it is depression and anxiety. Fatigue, we get physical, physical issues when it comes to burnout. Our body is deeply affected by our decision to live on adrenaline all the time. We can fall into adrenal fatigue. We get gastrointestinal issues, headaches, muscle aches. Any type of, of when this anxiety comes about, it really is the body telling you you're exceeding capacity. So people usually present to a doctor or a therapist depression. what We have depression, symptoms of depression or symptoms of anxiety. And if the therapist or the doctor doesn't pursue it a little deeper, they treat it as a psychiatric condition and they will give you anxiety medication or, or antidepressants And I am all for if we need to use those. But if you use those to keep living at the same capacity and exceeding and you don't change your lifestyle, then what happens is we're treating the wrong thing. And so it's very imperative that you understand that, yes, if you start to burn out, it will become a medical condition. But the issue is lifestyle. So what we want to look at in this last part of the show is some ways to avoid burnout first. And that's, that's really understanding that we want to understand our own capacity. So when we say to ourselves, I can be all that I can be. I can be all I want to be. I can be anything I set my mind to. I want you to turn that around and say, I can be all God has called me to be. I can be all God has envisioned for me to be. I can be all God has set his mind for me to be. And I need to really focus on understanding what God has created me to be and how God has created me. Some people just simply have more energy. They do. Some people have stronger mental mental fortitude. Some people have greater capacity so we don't want to compare ourselves to other people and think that's, that's the, the mark to set my mind for. That's not necessarily the issue. The issue is, I need to know me. What am I able to do? What am I capable of doing? How do I get the highest potential out of me and quality of life? Jesus had quality of life. He did what he was called to do. He did what God had sent him to do. He did it. He didn't do more. He didn't do less. And he was satisfied with his work at the end of every day. And so we want to be asking God, what's my capacity? Lord, you made me. You know how you made me. And you know the call and the plan you have for me. And I don't want to be distracted by turning to the right and the left as to what other people are doing, how quickly other people get things done, or how much other people can do and think that's the standard. I need to understand the standard God has created for me. And so one of the ways that, that we really have found that, that helps burnout is nature. And I'll tell you the truth. I'm not a big nature person. I am, but I'm not because I get caught up in my life. But once I get out in nature, oh my goodness, I can't believe how refreshed my mind is because I, I get back to being a part of God's creation. And one of the things that there's several studies on, on cubicles and why they stopped doing cubicles and, and also the effect of prisoners in cells that cannot see outside. And they don't have necessarily responsibilities. They don't have huge physical um, requirements on them. They have a set schedule, but they become burned out by living. And a lot of it has to do with no purpose. A lot of it has to do with not being able to fulfill the calling on their life necessarily, except that many Christians or people that have become Christians find the calling God has for them. So we have depression with prisoners that is very pervasive, which creates a lot of anxiety and And all of this burnout, which creates irritability and aggression. We see this in the office place. They started seeing a rise in aggression. They started seeing a rise in in people calling in sick. And they recognized that, wow, when they are trapped in a cubicle and there's no windows really to see out of, the mind starts to get overwhelmed. It can't see farther than the thing in front of it. And it has no vision. And it becomes burned out. So nature heals. Even viewing scenes of nature reduces anger, fear, and stress and increases pleasant feelings. And so this, this nature soothes, which is amazing because we're genetically programmed to find trees, plants, water, and other nat- nature, nat- natural elements engrossing. And we get absorbed in nature scenes and distracted from pain and discomfort of the world and so nature restores it's the most intriguing areas of current research is the impact of nature on general well-being this is why many of the most current office buildings have so many plants and they have aquariums and they have different lighting and they have places within the building that you can go and sit within a garden because it we have higher levels of productivity and so nature connects us to our origins Nature connects us to the God within us because God loves his creation. And he made it in such a loving manner. There is so much love within the earth. And I'm not talking existentially like this, whatever. What I'm saying to you is God made so much love within his creation that when we connect with plants, animals, trees, the sky, Looking out at the night sky, looking out at a sunset, you'll be amazed at how soothing it is for the soul. And we have to understand that too much uh, time in front of the screens, it truly is deadly because that's not how God made us. Now, that doesn't mean they aren't, it isn't wonderful technology. But when we spend all of our time with electronics, it does a weird thing to the physiology of our body. So I want to read you this verse. This is Isaiah twenty-eight twelve out of the Message Bible. And it says, but, but that's exactly how you will be addressed. God will speak to this people in baby talk, one syllable at a time. He'll not do it through foreign oppressors. This is, this is God saying, this is exactly how I'm going to talk to you. This is how I'm going to speak to my people in baby talk, one syllable at a time. And I'm not going to talk to you through your oppressors. He says, this is the time and place to rest, to give rest to the weary. This is the place to lay down your burden. But they won't listen. God has already said way back through Isaiah, they were having this problem. He's saying, tell this to my people. Tell them. That this is the time and place to rest. This is the rest that I would give to the weary. This is the place to lay down your burden. But they wouldn't listen. So today we want to listen. We want to stop having perfectionism be a part of our daily living. Because we can't be perfect. It's ridiculous to think we can be. It's ridiculous to strive for that. We don't even know what perfect looks like. We just simply know what perfect is not. And so we want to be living vertically. Not horizontally. And when I say that to you, I want you to understand that horizontal living means I have to do everything at full capacity. Everything has to be A plus plus work. So I say to clients so many times, "Why can't it just be good enough?" One of the things I learned when I came out of burnout was that there's so many things that I do that are just good enough?" And I save my energy for the things that need to be excellent. And I don't get my self-worth, my self-esteem, my feelings of, wow, I'm a good person, based on doing perfect work all the time, because it never really gives me the thing that I'm needing. So the antidote for burnout, the healing for burnout, the antidote, the prescription for burnout, and the very thing that will stop any part of burnout or stop you getting to a burnout... Is Sabbath the Sabbath this is the rhythm of the planet six days on one day off six days on one day off and it's isn't it interesting that God said you can do six days in a row if you take one day off and I have found this to be true if I take time off no matter how many things I have on my list that are pressing upon me that I know need to get done when I re-enter my six days I have so much more energy And they are not as difficult to do. So Mark chapter 2, verses 27 through 28, says, Jesus said, Really? Haven't you ever read what David did when he was hungry? Along with those who were with him. How they entered the sanctuary, ate fresh bread of the altar, with the chief priest, Abiathar, right there watching. Holy bread! And no one but the priests were allowed to eat it, and and he handed it out to his companions. And then Jesus said, The Sabbath was made to serve us, We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. The Son of Man is no lackey, lackey to the Sabbath. He's in charge. You are in charge of your Sabbath. You are in charge what Sabbath is for you. You need to be asking God and finding out what gives me rest. What gives me rest may be different than what gives you rest. I'm not a big sleeper. That's not necessarily one of the things I need. So on the Sabbath, I don't sleep. But I know some people sleep like, one o'clock in the afternoon and they love it. So it's important for you to recognize what is rest for my soul. Is it listening to music? Is it hanging out with my friends? Is it going out into nature for an entire day? Is it petting my dog? Is it watching old movies? What is it that gives my soul rest? Anything other than the work of the week, the daily grind of the week. What gives me rest? Is it doing art? Is it doing nothing? Is it staring off into the horizon and letting my mind rest? Is it stargazing? Is it dancing? There are so many ways you can give your soul rest, but you need to ask your Lord who made you, what is my Sabbath? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you need a keynote speaker, please contact me through the website. Have a great week.
1: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you.